Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Fresh Out the Podcast. I am sometimes, in certain circles, referred to as Jahanana. I'm the co-host of this show and another show, and that show is called Fresh Out the Box, and this one's called Fresh Out the Podcast. And that's that's the good thing about the shows that I'm on, is it's pretty easy to remember the names of them both. I'm Casualty CDG. You can find me at Casualty CDG on the social media platforms. I'm a retired child crimes and human trafficking detective. Now I play tabletop games and make jokes. I like that. I'm the professional media and movie mastermind, the Funhouse, Drew Munhausen, and I am also the owner of one single ticket to go see the film Morbius in theaters <laughs> on the evening of March 31st. You know, now, it's funny. why would you do that when you can just stay at home and stab yourself in the asshole with a spoon, Drew? Fresh I was reading an come. article that there was one pre-ordered ticket for Morbius, actually, so now it all makes sense. Yeah, the news was like, yeah, exactly one person has lined up to see this movie. <laughs> so if all of you fresh out the podcast fans, what should we call them, abbreviated? Freshies, maybe? Uh, all the freshies out there? No. That might be taken. I like to call them nasty old freaks. <laughs> all you nasty old freshies, just go ahead and tweet at Gary and Jahan and tell them that it's a good idea for them to also go see Morbius so that we can do a Morbius-themed episode because that is what true podcasters do. Freshies is a thing. I feel like if ten people tell me to go see Morbius on, <laughs> on Twitter, I'll go see it. It's a kind of air freshener, okay. Drew, if you can get ten people listening to this podcast to tweet Casualty CDG to go see Morbius, we'll go see it opening weekend so that we can talk about it. Okay. If that I happens... It's my goal. If that happens, I'll go see it. Okay. Alright, this this is my goal. You can tweet at me if you want to, at RockFact. And if ten people do that, I'll also go see it. But if you do it to Gary... I'll still do it. I don't want to see well, it. There though. you have it. I used to want to see it, uh, but the the previews look bad. I actually like Morbius as a character. I like vampires in general. Uh, I hate Jared Leto. Um, I want to di- I, I, I want. It's not that I want to dislike Morbius. I know that I'm going to. Yeah. It's not that I want to. Okay. I just think that it's going to be good to put into perspective the worst movie of this year. And you're going to have to see it so that you can compare everything else this year to to Morbius. What if, what if, just bear with me here, what if it's good? What if? What if it's good? Uh, You want to make it interesting or something? No. (laughs) No one wants to make a bet here? Just hypothetically... What if it's good? I mean, if it's good, then we see a good movie, and awesome, but it's not going to be. <laughs> it's not going to be good. You, you know oh, full God. damn well it's not going to be. Here's, no, it's not going to be It's not going to be good. <laughs> the best thing that they could possibly do, and I mean this, is, is put Tom Hardy's Venom in it, and that wouldn't be good. It that wouldn't good. help. That wouldn't be good at all. That Actually, would be bad. Yeah, not a big fan and, of Tom Hardy's Venom. Huh? And that's the best thing they could possibly do. And that is terrible news. 
Yeah. The best thing they could possibly do is make him fight Mahershala Ali's blade, but that's definitely not going to happen. The best thing they could possibly do is not release that movie, but that's definitely not going to happen. What if Andrew Garfield's in it? Uh, anyways, we're getting we're getting away from ourselves here. Well, last week we did a ranking of all the Pixar films that will not be controversial or you know against anybody else's opinions at all, right? Actually, we were we did a pretty good job. I feel like we were in agreement. We did good. I actually think it's Lots of- it's kind of messed up. Uh, and smart that we do rankings as like a threesome because it like shields all of us from some of the fallout. <laughs> I was gonna say it's a, almost a cowardly. Tweeting Jahan all all last week, like you told them to, if they had any complaints. Jahan's had dozens of tweets. Uh, no one complained. Everyone was agreeing with the list. They all loved it. Everyone had high <laughs> praise. Uh, pretty much a hundred percent. So that was really nice to see. So uh, because we spent the last episode doing the Pixar rankings, talking Oscars, this week will be our kind of catch up on all the stuff that we've been watching over the past couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And it looks like there's a lot. And I know some of these things uh, multiple of us did watch. So if y'all don't mind, I'm just going to go ahead and kick it off here. Um, yeah, it some looks movies. like you and I, Drew, have some that are piled up. We've, we've watched some of the same shows, so that should be nice. Yeah, so I'll, uh, we'll start with movies and uh, kick it off with The Adam Project, which is okay. streaming now on Netflix, directed by Sean Levy and starring Ryan Reynolds and Mark Ruffalo and Jennifer Garner. And yeah, Jahan, did you watch this? No, not unfortunately. I haven't had a chance yet. I made a Gary rating. and I did. I rated this movie on Netflix. I rated it either thumbs up or thumbs down. Uh, what do you think I rated it, Drew? I'm going to guess you gave it a thumbs down. I did. I did give it a thumbs down. I would have guessed yeah, that, too, uh... just based on your history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's weird because I like Ryan Reynolds, and I want to like these Netflix Ryan Reynolds movies, but they almost are all starting to blur together. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And this one was almost no different. There was a young version of Ryan Reynolds who was a lot of fun in like the first half of the movie, like a mouthy <laughs> kid who they cast really well. Yeah. Uh, and all their adventures together are really fun. And, you know, Ryan Reynolds, like basically the kid immediately accepts that, like, that's future me. Yeah. Like the kid, like, you know, he, he doesn't accept it for like two or three scenes. And then he's like, fuck it, I'm on board. <laughs> Which is great because I think that's how I would be too. Uh, I was talking to my wife, and she was like, I'd be more skeptical. I was like, man, if future me, like, you would know some shit. You'd be able to tell me. I would know. I would know within, like, minutes if you were me. Uh, so I liked that part. All the way up until there's this romantic relationship the whole time that Ryan Reynolds' character is pursuing. Uh, and then he finds the love of his life. And then they have this, like... I mean, she's not been in the movie, right? And then she's in it. They have this passionate scene about how in love they are. And then the next scene, she's like, I have to sacrifice myself. You'll find me in another timeline. And she's out of the movie until the very, very end. And I was just like, boy, did that seem like shoehorned in, rushed, not real, and just felt gross. Like it felt like a gross Get it over with. Yeah, it felt horrible. It felt like a bad plot line. And then the entire focus of the movie shifts and changes. And instead of going after the girl, they go after his dad. 
Uh, and that's a whole thing. So then they have a whole nother tragic family loss storyline they try to cash in on. And to me, it just felt like too many feel-good movies to try to be crammed into this another Ryan Reynolds Netflix movie. And I think that they missed sort of the charm that they had, which was Ryan Reynolds and that kid were the charm. Uh, and, and other than that, that movie was pretty unwatchable. Ooh. Yeah, so I my opinion's actually not too far off from Gary's. And Ooh. just to be completely honest with the way that I experienced this viewing, I, uh, I watched part of it. And all I had time to watch was maybe like the first 40 minutes or so. And then I actually had to go to a concert that night. And so I went to a concert Then I finished it the next day. But I really liked the first 40 minutes, which is right up until the point that Gary said it kind of turned for him. And watching that first 40 minutes, I was like, oh, I've, I've seen some negative reviews for this movie, but I'm finding this to be kind of charming. I, I, I kind of like the... Amblin-esque feel of it, like kind of those 80s Spielberg-esque, you know, your E.T.'s or Close Encounters or even some of the the copycats like Super 8 or something like that. You know, it kind of had the feel of that. I'm like, oh, I'm I'm, I'm vibing with this. E.T. type of vibe, for sure. It definitely took a scoop out of the E.T. tub of ice cream and slapped it on that sundae. Yeah, and so then I went to the concert, and I, w- I even went with a buddy, and I was talking about it. And I was like, "Well, I've only watched the first half of it, but based on what I've seen, I, w- I would recommend it. I really, I, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying this so far." And then the next day, I finished it and thought, "Oh no, <laughs> what have I done? Why, why did I recommend this?" Um, it just, I feel like it kind of gets, it gets lost in its own way. It, it's, it's very charming at first, and when it tries to really follow the storyline it's setting up it kind of loses track of what it's trying to be because like i said the very beginning is kind of this this charming family sci-fi movie but then it kind of tries to veer into to ryan reynolds not raunchy necessarily but like a little bit more trying to appeal to the adult ryan reynolds fans and and that didn't really work for me, and with then there's the tone a of businesswoman in a time traveling jet who shoots Zoe Saldana. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a whole thing. It's a bad villain. <laughs> it's, it's a bad villain. It's you know the plot doesn't necessarily go how you want it to. And then for me, the emotional payoffs that you know, I, obviously with time travel stuff and and different ages and things without without going too much into the spoilers of the movie there's just some some reunions or things that try to pull at your heartstrings and i could see how it might work for some but for me i just kind of it fell flat i agree maybe it maybe it maybe some people were you know riled by the emotion there but for me i was already rolling my eyes at that point in the movie too much to have any feeling. I was just like, oh my god, you guys are doing this again? Yeah. Like, I'm rolling your fucking eyes, guys. <laughs> Can we please get on with it? That's how a lot of the last part of the movie felt. And uh, I, one thing that's worth noting that I think is interesting, Sean Levy is the director of this, which the last movie he directed was Free Guy. So another Ryan Reynolds collaboration. Yeah, But a lot of his past movies are you know kind of family friendly fair not i don't know if he did all of them or just some of them i don't have it in front of me but i know he did at least one or two of the night at the museum movies with ben stiller he did the the 
first Cheaper by the Dozen movie um, that had Steve Martin in it. And so he's done like family movies. Yeah. And of, of course, obviously recently he's been working closely with Ryan Reynolds and he has been named as the director of Deadpool three. Ooh. And which speaks to the relationship that he and Ryan, Ryan Reynolds have, because I'm sure that Ryan Reynolds uh, has some input in who gets to direct a Deadpool movie, I would assume. And so obviously if this is a creative partner he likes working with, yeah. that, that helps. Because, yeah, because um, Ryan Reynolds is involved creatively with Deadpool, right? Right. Yeah. And so, but for me, I was not as high on uh, Free Guy as I think both of you were. I, I like Free Guy. Yeah. I did like I also I, liked it Free Guy. Oh. It's just yeah, again, it was fine and it's another one of those Ryan Reynolds Netflix movies that are starting to run together in my head. Yeah. Uh, at the end of this 8-year mark, I don't think I'm going to be able to tell you which one was which. I don't know, man. Uh a lot of, a lot of movies have just become different for me with streaming uh and that kind of thing. It's just you put them on they entertain you or they don't uh I don't know. It's almost like dulled my my senses uh, to to that kind of stuff. And there was an interesting discourse on Twitter uh, the weekend that the Adam Project came out, just talking about how you know it comes out, it's in the top ten of Netflix for a couple weeks, but you don't really hear that many people talking about it or whatever. And the same thing kind of happened with Red Notice. It, it kind of came and went. I have and... a. I know why. It's because they're not good. Yeah. They're just fine. And some people were making the argument that had they been theatrical releases, would it have been more of a discussion? No, would they would have been, been, been massive bombs. Nobody would have gone to watch. It would have been upsetting. Tracks. It would have been upsetting to pay money to see some of these things. I think Free Guy would have been fun in theaters. Uh, Brendan Fraser would have been around during this era. He would have never stopped getting work. They would have been making mummy <laughs> stuff, and he would have had different jobs. They would have, he would have stayed working. But Man. He, he had a couple of theatrical bombs, and people stopped giving him jobs. But Ryan Reynolds doesn't have to deal with that. He can just make these subpar movies that nobody talks it's about. It's kind of a fair point really there. Matter, and they'll actually, just keep paying him. That's a pretty good point, man. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, less risky to your career to be making really these uh, in a lot of ways. Because these are basically just, you know... They're they're just <laughs> giant TV shows. They're not movies. They're not great. They're not trying to win awards. They're not these big cinematography uh -huh. masterpieces. It's just Netflix junk. They do have a weird feel. Uh, yeah, I almost we almost watched the Adam Project. Uh, Jenny said it didn't sound good. And I guess she was right uh, by the sounds of what you guys are saying. Uh, we wound up watching Turning Red that time. Uh, turn, instead. turn it off at the 55 minute mark. Interesting. Yeah, no, the Adam project for 55 minutes. Exactly. The whole, the whole like older self, like time travel shit. Uh, I feel like, uh, it was actually surprisingly done very well in Zathura. Uh, I actually thought that movie is underrated. I think that's a pretty good movie. Actually, never seen it, but I've heard interesting. About it. I believe John Favreau directed. Zathura. You did that makes sense because it was actually pretty good. Uh, he, I don't know. I guess that just speaks to John John Favreau because no matter what you give him, he's going to make it good. Uh, you should check it out. You, I would recommend you watch that with you know. 
as kind of a sci-fi also, I, I kind of care about how time travel timeline stuff works mm -hmm. a little bit in the movie. Uh, they do fine. They don't break the timelines and make it really stupid or cheesy or anything. They, they do a fine job. You know, he definitely goes and meets his younger self, which he knows that he's not supposed to do. That's one of the rules. But uh, he thinks that both of their lives may be in danger. So that's the reason he breaks the rule. But other than that, they don't do a whole lot of, uh, like, butterfly effect type of crap where it's all falling apart. They just kind of stick to the basics of it and do the magic hand wave, and it's close enough. True. So at Go least they there. didn't dump on time travel is my point. Sometimes if you're watching a show or, or a movie where they do things that make no sense, it just takes you out of it. Uh, I don't think that... Uh, Adam Project suffered from that, at least. You know, it does time travel pretty well, surprisingly. I feel like Hot Tub Time Machine does a decent yeah. job. <laughs> um, they do, and those movies are actually quite entertaining. Uh, they're pretty good. <laughs> uh, well, moving on, uh, I'll talk about another quick things, and this actually will tie into Netflix as well. So a new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie Dropped on Netflix too recently. Um, and before watching it, so I knew it, it's one of those legacy sequel things, as as they call it, where this is a. <laughs> you know, there's been 10 Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise movies over the years, give or take, you know, that are sequels or origins or remakes or whatever, but this is the 2022 movie is a direct sequel to the original or you supposed know, to be, you know, you know who kind hates of like, the term legacy sequel? Gary, everyone. <laughs> I, I knew this girl in high school who said that her dad played Leatherface in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And she wouldn't tell me which one, and I'm assuming it had to have been one of the direct-to-TV ones. Uh, they also didn't have the same last name. And she also said that her, 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 not stepdad, what is it? Guardian, your guardian parent, if your parents die, uh, was the drummer from Pantera. Godparent? Yes, her God, she said her godfather was the drummer from Pantera and that her dad was Leatherface and also played Zangief in the Street Fighter movie. If all of that's true, that's awesome, but I bet none of it's true. Yeah, no one liked her in <laughs> hindsight, so maybe she was a horrible liar. Well, before watching this new Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I decided to watch the original from 1974 because I had actually never seen it and i watched it and it was very good uh there's a reason why it's iconic and has uh it's pretty messed up you know a long legacy have you seen you've seen it Jahan? oh yeah yeah i do yeah, i do some of the uh, horror stuff it, i dip in it's kind of interesting it's interesting when you watch these old horror movies and and see the iconic villains that you know, like, obviously, Leatherface is one of those top-tier horror villains that stands with Jason and Freddy and, you know, uh, Michael Myers and so on. No, but he doesn't. Leatherface... He stands with Leprechaun and Pumpkinhead one tier below the rest. Well, he's... But, like, I mean, it happened, though. You gotta give it points for that. Well, sort it was of. kind of, yeah, like, based on an amalgamation of yeah. some other serial killers. Sort of. But, it, yeah, so... so 
but there's this kind of there's this family aspect with it that they go into in the other ones but of course Leatherface is just kind of the iconic in imagery that has lasted the test of time um but anyway it was it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre it's it's good I don't think that's a hot take by any means the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022 movie is not good this is one <laughs> that was uh you know, sold off by one of the studios that they probably knew that it was going to be bad and was going to bomb. So they sold it up to Netflix because Netflix knows that they can drop a new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie and people will watch it. Um, Yeah, I mean, its premise is a group of millennials are basically buying an abandoned Texas town, like buying all the buildings there to make their own bohemia little town that they can that thrive sounds in. That awesome. If you guys want to do that, hit me up at CasualtyCDG. <laughs> like gentrification of this abandoned town in the middle of nowhere, Hell where yeah. of course they show up there and the one resident that's or one of the few residents that's actually there is Leatherface. So, oh no. And there's this weird shoehorned backstory for one of the girls is like is the survivor of a school shooting and it does it's not really relevant in the main course of things they're just trying to give her like a backstory to show all the trauma she's endured and it was strange and it doesn't really work and this movie does have some very gory kills so if you want to see that as far I as bet horror that movies that go character then... was written by somebody who was not a survivor of a shooting yeah, I would assume. I would assume. Um, that character is played by Elsie Fisher, who's the main girl from the movie Eighth Grade, directed by Bo Burnham. Um, anyway, she's in this movie. It's an interesting um, bunch of words there. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, it's not good. Watch watch the original instead. If you want to watch Texas Chainsaw, the original holds up, man. The original, I don't know. Horror back then, it's just different. You know, it's so different back then. People, you, you, you look back and you realize how cut off people were from each other. If you got in trouble, you know, tech, Houston, or um, America, the United States of America is a big place. And you, you can really get off on your own, especially back then. I think that if you're going to make a new Texas Chainsaw Massacre... You turn it into an eight-episode series, and you have it directed by Rob Zombie. Mm. No, and I think I think what you do is you make it you you rebrand, and you call it the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, mm -hmm. and an ex NFL quarterback throws yeah. chainsaws uh, in a mall. The Texas Seesaw Massacre, <laughs> and it's the same thing, and he's throwing seesaws at people. Ooh. I really love that y'all never go off the rails at all uh, during these conversations. Drew, there are no rails on a seesaw. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> or a chainsaw. While we're while we're speaking about old horror, uh, you know, <laughs> let's talk about your mom. <laughs> that crusty old bet. No, I'm just <laughs> 
obviously there's a new Doctor Strange movie coming out in May. It's being directed by Sam Raimi, which is a big deal for Marvel fans and superhero fans that he's returning to the genre. Um, so a lot there's going to be a lot of Sam Raimi talk here in the next few months. And one of the uh, podcasts that I actually listen to is going to start doing a Sam Raimi series leading up to it. And so that starts with The Evil Dead. And I have bought The Evil Dead 4K. I've owned it for a while and I have, haven't have watched it yet. And so I finally popped in the uh, the 4K UHD disc of The Evil Dead and watched it. And I, it had actually been a really long time <laughs> since I've seen it. So it was kind of almost like watching it for the first time in a way. Because um, I've seen... Army of Darkness, probably more than either of the first two Evil Dead movies. Uh, but man, the Evil Dead <laughs> is cheesy and great and terrible all at the same time. You know, it's... Evil it's... Dead is a classic, man. It's so... I love I love Evil Dead. Uh, I love Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness is awesome. Uh, I don't know how they did what they did with that movie. But it all worked, and then I even liked the remake. Uh, I don't know. How you, have you seen that? You've seen the remake, right? I actually haven't seen the remake uh, with the with the girl. Yeah, I have not seen it, bro. I did not care for the remake. It, it's 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 disturb it's disturbing. It's scary. I thought it was really good. I didn't like the remake, but it did make me wish that there was a cabin in the woods too. Ooh. I would. I'd like to watch more uh, Cabin in the Woods. I would because I like the first one so much, but I don't know that I need a sequel. I don't know that I need one either. But the the way that the movie was set up and the lore that was baked in was that there were many more outcomes to these horror scenarios. Yeah. And I just would have liked to see some. I think I, I just like the you know the hidden world of horror. I think is a nice uh, fresh type of setting. Ooh, kind of reminds so... me of Cube and Hypercube. Okay, so yeah, Cube. Oh my god. Oh my god, Cube. Cube. Oh my love god. It. Don't I can't. Fucking it love Cube, cube kind of triggers me. That one bothered me. Uh, but you know yeah, what I recently learned about Cube. What? It's only one set. It's only one room. That makes it sense. Just... We just redid that room for every single shot in the movie. It's really smart. Isn't I like that, that. Sick? that is sick. Uh, yeah, sorry to go on a tangent here, but uh, I, I, sorry, I, I, I feel like we should just do a horror talk at some point. Uh, but but... I, yeah, I've been watching a lot more horror recently. I feel like in the past year, I had, I, you know, I've, I, I used to put horror off. Like I used to look at it as lesser, and I also used to feel like eh, I get. I get scared during yeah. horror movies, so I kind of didn't subject myself to it. But in <laughs> recent years, I've been catching up on a lot of horror movies that I've missed and realized that it's a genre that I do really enjoy I, I'm and in a appreciate. Similar, I'm in a very similar boat. It does bother me. Uh, and I also put it off because I thought I was better than it was. Uh, and I was wrong. It's great. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to watch a lot of horror movies. That's I'm gonna, fine. I'm going to stay away from the grotesque would, violence. But if we want to do horror talks, I'll call in an expert. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll in an expert, I'll bring. A, I'll phone a friend. I'll bring someone. Who, who, who's this expert? I, I do, don't put me on the spot. I'll find a, a horror. Expert. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to set you up. I thought you had a thing. Yeah, uh, find an but yeah, no. Back cabin in the woods. Yeah, cabin in the woods too. I think it would be cool if they reset. And then, like, had a different group of people with a different scenario. That'd be fun. Uh, or, 
if they did after Cabin in the Woods and like did like Cabin in the Woods Apocalypse, where like everything's going down, I'd watch that too. But I think I think uh, anyway, I think I'm good. The Evil Dead, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's one of the Wikipedia calls it one of the most. Where did I see it? One of the most significant cult films. You know what I is, call which it? Which is probably true. You know what I call it, Drew? What, what do you call it, John? Groovy. Groovy, <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, did you watch any of the TV show? I have not. Uh, it. I, I didn't finish it, but it, it does start off pretty good. I like it. The characters come back. Well, I mean, the character. Ash comes back, and that's all that matters. And it's pretty cool. I've watched it on and off, and I agree. From what I've seen, it's pretty cool, and it's pretty funny, but I haven't sat down and watched the whole thing. But I should. Groovy. Yeah. I remember it being pretty well-reviewed. Hmm. Yeah, it got, what did it get, three seasons? I think so. Five. Two or three. Yeah. So anyway, The Evil Dead, and then um, the only other movie that I was going to mention is Inception. Uh, I rewatched this because I've, you know, talked over the past few weeks of some of the Nolan movies that I've been going back and watching. Uh, and I rewatched Inception and it actually didn't hold up as much for me on a rewatch. I don't know if y'all are big fans of Inception. Um, I, don't know. I, honestly, I don't know if I am either, honestly. It's it's good i mean there's some cool stuff in it but it i had i had put it on a much higher tier in my head yeah. until rewatching it and realized that it's not as good as i recalled it kind of crumbles under its own weight plot wise i think yeah um there are some neat things in it some nip very cool visuals but i think as far as the plot and actually watching it as a movie i think they're are some parts that I, I struggle with. I think there's so. a bit of uh, fart sniffing in that movie. I agree. Oh. I yeah. was going to say I really like Inception, but I think there's Christopher Nolan might uh, he might have sniffed his own fart. He, on might, that he was sniffing his own farts a little bit during the filming. Mm-hmm. You know, that's obviously a very Jahan and Gary thing to say, but I also don't disagree with. I think I like it more than you guys do. Uh, I still hold it in pretty high regard, but for me to say that there was no fart sniffing would be a blatant lie. There was some fart sniffing. There's some fart sniffing. I feel like it suffered because of its of its gastric smelling. Yeah, sometimes nature. you just you just beef yourself out, man. It sometimes it happens. I beef myself out all the time. Yeah, it's sometimes. one of those. It's one of those movies that I enjoy watching the behind the scenes stuff of the rotating room that they actually built and seeing that kind of stuff almost more than watching the movie itself. Mm, I noticed that you say it's the behind the scenes. Uh, what does it smell like on the behind, Drew? Does it smell like somebody's back there sniffing their own farts in the behind? That's that is <laughs> definitely what it smells like even just mm-hmm. watching YouTube videos. That's what I figured. Uh, oh, the next, yeah. one, next one you've got on your list is something that I've been watching too. I'm all caught up. I just caught the season finale. Uh, Pam and Tommy on on Hulu on the Hulu machine. Yes. Also, I finished the uh, series. I guess it's a limited series. It's not like there's going to be a season two. Right. Um, I finished it, this. And it did fast overall, forward the end though. You did. I. I I'd like say overall, last, uh, I felt like the, the last seven episode seven and eight I felt were really really rushed. 
I felt like the whole season had a really good pacing that almost felt like maybe month to month in their life. Uh, but then all of a sudden, the seventh and eighth episode were like, how much time just went by here? Like, it feels like two or three years just went by, but like, just they almost acted like only a week went by. I, other than that, I really liked the pacing of the show. Yeah, I thought the show overall was okay. Um, I think that there were some very strong moments and there's some very good acting throughout. I think that overall as a show, I still I still feel like it would have worked better as a movie than as an eight-episode TV series. But again, you know, I watched all eight episodes, so that has to say something positive about it. And... I thought that that Lily James, who played Pamela Anderson, was particularly good in it. Um, Sebastian Stan, I think, was good, was pretty solid as, as Tommy Lee. And then Seth Rogen is, is being Seth Rogen, which isn't a bad thing. It, it worked for his role. Yeah, he was kind of being like a scared piece of shit Seth Rogen. Mm-hmm. But, but still Seth Rogen, which is fine. Um, yeah. yeah, I liked seeing him as kind of the the scumbag antagonist. I thought it was fun. Uh, I liked the whole show, and maybe it's because I liked the entire cast, but I thought the performances were great. Obviously, the script was pretty good, right, based on real events for the most part. Um, And right up until the end, I just thought the pacing was weird, but like you said, it's a limited series. It's not like it's going to continue. Overall, I'd give it like a, you know, it's like an eight-ish, a high seven, high seven or an eight. Probably more like... At a, at sitting at a solid six out of ten or so, like a three out of five. For I me. don't think I would watch it again by any stretch of the imagination, but I like watching uh, like band biopics. I just kind of have a soft spot for band biopics, uh, and so I guess maybe that's what it was. It's kind of this pseudo real story about the celebrities that I found pretty intriguing. Yeah, I see, and and Pam and Tommy, I don't know. It's just, it's one of those that I just I had started it and invested time in it, so I was always going to finish it, but I didn't necessarily get that excited for the next episodes. But, ah. but it was. I would still say it was solid. Now the next two shows that I'm about to talk about, I'm I'm much more positive on than I just than I think. Before you get there, there's some sort of like TV show awards every year, right? That's a thing. The Emmys, I, yeah. I think that these two could win Emmys for their performances on this show. I think that's yeah, I think we'll definitely come award season for TV for the Emmys, especially they do those categories for actor and actress in a limited series or movie made for television, etc. Et I could definitely see Lily James and Sebastian Stan both being nominated. I could see them, I don't know what the competition is, but I could see them both winning their performances as those actors were great. I would say of the two, Lily James probably has the better chance of really making waves in the awards conversation, but I think that they would both be present. Uh, Yeah, I I, I agree. All right, Um, hit me with another show. Let's, Let's keep going. Yeah, so my next one is a Showtime limited series, which I know I've been on the Showtime train recently. I talked to Yellow Jackets for you know a while back, and that's a Showtime series, but this is a Showtime... Well, I was going to say limited series, but it's been renewed for a season two. It's going to be an anthology series. But um, this is Super Pumped, and this first season is the story of Uber, and it stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and I'm going to forget... Mm-hmm. 
I should I know, know that guy. Did you know he was the little kid in Third Rock from the Sun? I did. He's also in the movie Angels in the Outfield. Oh, wow. Uh, he was um, also in the Batman Rising thing. He also Batman played... Rising. I think he also played Bruce Willis. Uh, he was also... <laughs> He was also in Inception, which I just talked about a little bit ago. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Justin Gordon-Levitt plays Travis Kalanick, who is the you know, one of the founders and, and former CEO of Uber, who was kind of ousted from the company famously in 2017. Um, so this is a show showing the beginnings of Uber and the leading to, to all of that. And it also stars Kyle Chandler and Uma Thurman is in it. And uh, I am actually really enjoying this a lot. And let me let me say this. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I find to be very interesting. I generally like him, but I think that sometimes in some of his roles, he can come. This is going to sound really harsh, but I kind of think he has this tendency to come across as like an over eager theater kid if that makes sense, like when he's going for it or when he's over the top, he's like, he, he's just, he is a over the top, overexcited theater kid, but it really works for this. Um, now, now granted, I, I don't mean for that to sound as negative as it probably does. Cause I do like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Having just watched inception. He's very subdued in that. And I think he's actually pretty good. Um, but in this, there's just, there's just sometimes we're in his acting. You're like, you know that when he got done with his take, he looked at the camera or looked at somebody behind the scenes and was like, yeah, acting. You know, that's the <laughs> vibes I get from him. Uh, but it totally works for this character. Uh, so yeah, I, I would recommend this based on the first two episodes. It's very stylish. It's fun. Quentin Tarantino does the narration for the show. So that kind of gives you the vibes of, you know, I guess what they're going for. But... They they did say it's, it's renewed for a second season, but the second season's going to be about Facebook. So it's going to be, you know, along those lines, like, uh, you know, this is the battle for Uber. The next season will be the battle for Facebook, so on and so forth, which I feel like that's pretty brave to tackle Facebook, considering the social network exists and it's truly one of the best movies of the last 15 years. Um, so it's a difficult topic to tackle but uh, i would recommend super pumped there's been three episodes or so as, as of right now when we're recording Man, I, I would you, watch i didn't know you like the social network so much i would watch super pumped except uh, who has showtime i know that's the issue right jim yeah. carrey in the mask and and it's a shame that i feel like that is oh boy It's oh, a shame shit. too because between Yellow Jackets and this, I feel like they're starting to pump out some pretty quality <laughs> content. There's a, actually a great Sundance movie that just came out called After Yang that's streaming on Showtime right now too. Uh, so yeah, it's. I mean, it might be worth diving into. Who knows? I actually want Showtime because I want to watch Yellow Jackets. I can't. I can't, I can't hear Showtime anymore. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I'm sorry. why isn't why isn't the Showtime thing whenever you start it up <laughs> the Jim Carrey clip from Showtime? Yeah, why isn't that their sound? Oh man, 
what's happening here? Like the lion roaring, it should be Jim Carrey in like a regal golden uh, golden arch. I'd watch oh. that. Hell All right, yeah, Gary, I'm, I, I'm excited to talk about this next one because you've watched it too. Yes, uh, I'm actually a really big fan. I've watched the first two episodes of Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. This is an HBO show. And uh, I have great two news. episodes up to this point. I've watched both of them. Gary, you have too. I'm going to go to the bathroom. I... No, no, Jahan. <laughs> no, no. This is why you need to listen. Okay. I don't give a shit about basketball. I I don't care. Mm. It's and this stars John C. Riley. Oh. <laughs> okay. Did I get did I get you? you? Said the magic words. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I don't care about basketball. This stars John C. Riley. Did you um, put your nuts on my drum set? Does he do that? So Does he do that bit? This is the best I've seen John C. Riley in a long time and maybe ever. He's hilarious. His character is deep and charming uh, and has range. He is getting Magic Johnson on the. He's buying the Lakers. That's what it's about. He is buying the Lakers during a time when the NBA is failing, the Lakers are failing, and Magic Johnson is getting right out of college after he just beat Larry Bird for the championships. And Larry Bird is hot shit, and the NBA wants him, everybody wants him, but nobody wants to touch Magic Johnson because he's black and it's the 70s, right? And so it's that story and that struggle and that time period. So it's a period piece. All takes place in Los Angeles with uh, John C. Riley being this sort of a farce millionaire who's got all his money tied up in real estate, but he acts like he's hot shit. And wants to party with the celebrities and he wants to turn the Lakers around and make them a fun team and a good team all at once. And so it's compelling. It's a great story. and There's a lot going on. Uh, focuses on him and it focuses on Magic Johnson and his story and his family. Um, it's it's really good. The editing is shot to it looks like it's a 70s uh, show at times. There will be like the cigarette blips on the side that looks like it's the film spliced together. Uh, they do some edits that pop up on the screen over characters. Uh, I think that you'll find quite funny. One of the guys, his name's Donald something, and it pops up under his name and says second worst Donald of the 80s. Uh, and then another character, it pops up, and it's like very white underneath his name. And they're talking about why they won't hire Magic Johnson. And everything they're saying on the phone over the top of the screen, it just says black, 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 black. <laughs> And That's so there's stuff funny. like that that I think you'll get a good kick out of too. So um, it's a uh, is it supposed great. to be funny? Oh yeah, it's supposed. Oh, it's to a be... comedy. It's a dramedy. It's a drama, but it has a lot of comedy. So Jahan, okay. the show was coming back was around. Created, um, or excuse me, the first episode was directed by Adam McKay, and Adam McKay has major hands on with the show, and he's the director of Don't Look Up that came out this year, and he did. Uh, Vice and uh, the Big Short, and also did Step Brothers and Anchorman. So, and you know he's the guy behind Succession, all that. So he's he's a big deal. Um, Adam McKay's fingerprints are all over the first episode. You know, if you've seen Don't Look Up, you kind of know his style. It's that's I like that movie. What they're going for here. I like that movie. Um, there's a lot of breaking the fourth wall. You know, they speak directly to the camera and mm. kind of tell you what's going on. It really works for this. I'm not always okay. a big fan of breaking the fourth wall, but this show really owns it. And, and you know, it's not like they do it sometimes. They they really 
do it consistently. So I feel like it works. Uh, there's a lot of big stars that are going to be in this show or, or you know, are haven't even been shown yet. Uh, obviously, Gary mentioned John C. Riley, Jason Clark's also in this show. Um, Sally Field is in it. And then there's a bunch of people that haven't even shown up yet. Like Adrian Brody's going to be playing Pat Riley. You got Jason Siegel's going to be showing up in this. Uh, Jillian Jacobs is going to be in it from Community. So, yeah, so there's like a lot of people that come and kind of come and go. Uh, Jonah Hill directed the second episode. Did you (laughs) catch that, Gary? (laughs) Yeah, I saw that. And the second episode was great. The first episode was great. Second episode was great. This is the new Sunday night HBO show. Which, you know, not to say it's ever going to be as big of Game of Thrones because it never will be, but Righteous Gemstones is another Sunday night HBO show. And I think that Winning Time is better than Righteous Gemstones as far as quality goes. Uh, You've been real high on Righteous Gemstones. It's really different. Righteous Gemstones is a comedy, and it's a flat-out comedy, and it's got Danny McBride's stink all over it. And I like Danny McBride's stink. (laughs) I do, too. Uh, So I I like Righteous Gemstones, but Winning Time's different. It's very different. It's a big, you know, Sopranos for the longest time was an HBO Sunday night show. So this is a big show uh, and it's a really, really good show. I think it fits right in with some of those other big Sunday night shows like Sopranos or Deadwood. Or uh, I think this is, could be one of their big, cool names of, hey, you guys remember Winning Time? It's very good. I think it'll go down in history as one of the good HBO series. So worth noting, also, if you've seen the headlines and stuff, this is the show that ended the friendship between Adam McKay and Will Ferrell. Um, that was kind of a big, big headline oh, really? months ago. Yes, because actually in the initial casting for the show, Michael Shannon was actually cast to play Jerry Buss, who who eventually um, John C. Riley got cast because Michael Shannon ended up leaving the show due to creative differences. Will Ferrell was vocal to Adam McKay about wanting to play the role. Mm. And McKay ended up casting John C. Riley instead of Will Ferrell and didn't tell Will like it. And McKay has kind of owned it in the, tr- in the deal of like, it's totally his fault that he had bad communication with Will Ferrell. He handed the whole situation really badly. Um, you know, so he basically, cause he casted John C. Riley over Will Ferrell without telling Will Ferrell. Anyway, yeah, when you cast somebody's best friend over them, it is sensitive territory. I get it. Uh, And Adam McKay is right for taking responsibility. Now Will Ferrell needs to get over it also. But I will say this. I thought at first in the first episode that John C. Riley as Jerry Buss was going to be distracting. And it does not take long to get over it. And boy, does he own it and embody it. And it. He's he's great in it. He's so good. Yes, he's so good. The best I have seen John C. Riley. I was gonna say since Step Brothers, but it's probably the best I've seen John C. Riley. Yeah, he's very good at it. I'm really eager to see. I think the show is gonna span kind of the whole '80s decade um, because they do allude in the first two episodes to they kind of show if I think it's the first episode. Shows 1991 and, you know, some of Magic Johnson's you know, HIV diagnosis and, so, you know, dips into that. So I'm a, and then this goes back to 79. Um, so really getting into the into the 80s. And I'm assuming it's going to really span that whole Lakers dynasty era where they won, you know, so many championships. So um, 
you, yeah, I agree with Gary. You do not have to be a fan of basketball. I mean, the first two episodes don't have any basketball in it, really. Hardly any at all. Yeah, so the only basketball is sort of that showdown they have. Uh, but I wouldn't really call that basketball. I mean, it's just they're playing basketball while they're having uh, a, whor- a talk, right? That's really what it is. <clears throat> yeah. It's so, a power uh, struggle with a basketball scene going on in the background. I actually was late. You know, I put off watching the first episode and then the second episode came out. So I watched the first two episodes here within the past two days. And now I'm like, give me the third one, which comes out tomorrow. So as I'll of the watch, time we're recording it, this. I'll watch every single episode of Winning Time either on Sunday when it comes out or the next day on Monday. This will be a show I catch every week. For sure. And that is all for me that I've been watching. That's a lot of stuff. But I will, you know, I feel like I've been talking a lot. So I will hand the baton to one of you to talk about some of the stuff you've been watching. Um, uh, go to well, Gary. I haven't really watched much. Uh I was going to pick up with more HBO Max stuff. Uh, after winning time, just make your way over to Our Flag Means Death. Um, I hear good things. <laughs> so Our Flag Means Death is a Taika Waititi um, pirate show on you HBO Max. You got me. Yeah, it reminds me of my time playing Sea of Thieves, where, of course, I made a great friend, my Swedish friend named Alex. Uh, there's a pirate on the boat named the Swede. And so, of course, I was just like, oh, shit, the Swedish pirates on my, my boy. And they're just always doing stupid shit on the ship. So, it again, a little bit more Sea of Thieves for me. So I think the show kind of hits me in a special place. Uh, it reminds me of a friend. It reminds me of a game I played. But I love Taika Waititi. Uh, his sense of humor is all over this. It's about uh, a gentleman pirate. And he gives up his life being uh, like a nobleman and a gentleman. And he goes and gets a ship and he gets a crew and they're going to be the best pirates of all time. And they're not, they're terrible. But Blackbeard ends up joining their ship and teaches them the ways of piracy. And Blackbeard's played by Taika Waititi. And, oh man, you're in for it. The side characters in the show, of course, it's kind of an ensemble show. The entire crew matters. The side character, there's a guy named Bottles, and every time he is on screen, I'm, like, losing it. <laughs> he's got a really strong Scottish or Irish accent, and he's, like, bald on the top and has this long, ratty hair and this nasty beard, and he talks to a seagull named Carl, and at night, he takes off his clothes and goes up to the deck to bask in the moon glow. And so it's just bizarre, hilarious. Please check out Our Flag Means Death. I think they're, I will. I think I will. They're releasing the episodes. Like I told you guys a couple weeks ago, the streaming services are still trying to figure out how many episodes to release at a time. So I think the first week, three episodes came out. And the second week, three episodes came out. And then the third week, two episodes came out. So there are eight now. Uh, it, I don't think it's over yet. I think there's there may be pacing for two more. Um, but it looks like a show that will keep going in the future. And based on all of Taika Waititi's shows that he does and all of his projects that he does, I wouldn't be surprised for Blackbeard to be written off or killed off in some way. Uh, because it, it kind of reminds me of what we do in the shadows, which is great and hilarious. But eventually Taika Waititi is going to have to go direct another Marvel movie or Star Wars or something. <laughs> so I don't think he'll stick around. So get in the first season while he's in there. It, it's it's good stuff. 
Um, after that, I have been watching some Netflix. I watched Green Snake on Netflix, which I recommended Green Snake to Jahan. And I'm not sure, like, if you're into, like, you know, if you're one of the tabletop role playing guys here, or if you're a boy, a big boy who's into big imaginations, check out Green Snake. It's an animated movie, like computer animation, kind of a fantasy situation where a Chinese god banishes people to this realm where they have to figure out how to get over themselves or what has them stuck in their life or really in, in their grand karmic scale where they're always stuck like this reincarnation of themselves, whatever they're hung up on every single time. He banishes to a realm to help you overcome that. And that realm is full of ox-headed demons and horse-headed demons on motorcycles with chains and giant glaives and axes. Um, and the human alliance is like humans and demons and monsters and squid. And they do like Mad Max scenes of combat and gunfighting and sword fighting and buildings collapse. And there's all this like apocalyptic action destroying the city almost every time they walk out. Like they walk out of a front door in a phoenix that's like 20 miles wide just comes flying over the city. And you see everything behind it just erupting into an inferno. And it's just flying right at them. And so the plot of the movie really isn't very good. The plot of Green Snake <laughs> is not very good. But it is eye candy, and it is fantasy candy, and it is just so fun to watch. It's just so, so fun. You could probably mute it and keep it on and just do whatever you're doing that day. It's just cool. Uh, Green Snake has a lot of cool action. Um hmm. Making Fun is the next thing I've been watching. And this one is kind of like a, I would call this the most Gary show on the list, something that you guys may or may not like. I don't know who to recommend it to. But it's a guy who's a professional maker. He was a toy maker in New York City for like 20 years. And he doesn't like kids, uh, but he's a toy maker. It's what he's always done. He helped design the toy uh, that you pull the string and it flies up in the air and spins around like the flying ballerina dancer that came out when we were kids. Yeah. That's one of his more famous toy designs. So he's that guy. Well, he has a crew of guys. He retired. He lives out on a big ranch. He has a crew of guys and they build stuff. So in the show, they call kids on the phone and they talk to different kids on like the webcam and he hates them. Obviously, he is very annoyed by these kids. And his crew is standing there in the background trying not to laugh while he's talking to kids about what they want him to build. Uh, and then once they finally come up with something outrageous enough to build, he builds the thing. They build giant stupid things like a huge rock, paper, scissors machine uh, and a driving shoe that can shoot a punching glove out the front to hit a soccer ball. Uh, they make unicorn bikes and have to race each other. Uh, so they make things... They show you how they make things. It's a bunch of guys palling around and being appropriately rude to children who deserve it. <laughs> Honestly, that sounds uh, very much up my alley. Yeah, man. It's really, really fun. Um, it's it's kind of like Mythbusters-y, right? Yeah. Except they're not really doing any real science. They're just kind of building stuff and, and jacking around. Yeah, it reminds me of, uh, I forget what show it was, but they would try to make like video game stuff happen in real life by making stuff. So it's almost like if Mythbusters, it's, this is going to be, it's, you're, this is going to make it sound worse, but I promise it's not. Mythbusters and Duck Dynasty combined. 
because <laughs> they're not like they're not right wing conservative. Surprisingly, I right. actually really liked watching Duck Dynasty. Right, I liked Duck Dynasty yeah. too, except for the last six minutes of every episode. Oh. But like, it's a bunch of bearded guys building stuff, having fun, that treat each other like family, and they're ribbing each other, and they're having a great time, and it just has that vibe. I, I'm I like making fun. It, it's a show on Netflix. Uh, you should check it out. It kind of makes you feel good, but it's not like you're signing up for any major investment. See, that sounds like something me and Jenny could watch. Uh... Yeah, it is. It's something nice for your brain, right? It's nice and relaxing. Um, also n- on Netflix is the Andy Warhol Diaries, which I have started today. Is what? The Andy Warhol Diaries. Oh. It's a docu-series about Andy Warhol. It is all Not of Jahan his... was making some sort of joke there, but I, I guess he... I thought, I thought he said diarrheas. Yeah, it was going to be a diarrhea thing. I oh. knew exactly what was happening. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, th- oh. I, thought, I thought he said diarrheas, so... Um, what's cool about pause. the... <laughs> what's cool about the Andy Warhol diaries is that it is narrated by an AI... Andy Warhol voice that the Andy Warhol Foundation has approved the use of his words and then the AI reads the diary. Uh, And so it's a lot of stories about him. Of course, he was a huge socialite and one of the biggest artists of the, you know, 20th century. And uh, it's a lot of the behind the scenes stuff about kind of how weird Andy Warhol was, which it was never any secret that Andy Warhol was weird. Um, I loved him in Men in Black 3. And I I like docu-series. I like historical docu-series. And if that sounds like something you would like, then you will like it. If you want to look at Andy Warhol's life behind the scenes and what a strange person they were, uh, check it out on Netflix. The last thing I've watched is probably the one I'm most excited about. I've been watching Halo on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, I watched the first episode, and um, I'm ready to see the second one. Oh, boy. Let's just say I like the way that some of the stuff looked. Uh, you know, it's it's enough to make me interested to watch the rest of it. But <laughs> I just don't know where it's going to go from here. You know? But I'm going to keep watching it. We're going to stick with it. We're going to watch episode two and report was, back again What was your favorite week. part about episode one? You know, there were so many parts. You know what I mean? <laughs> there were so many parts. Probably the one with the warthog. Whenever the warthogs were driving in, no, I don't remember that hangar. scene. When the With hangar, the warthogs, the warthogs in the hangar. Oh, okay. The, where was mm-hmm. that? Was that on Earth? At the, yeah, at the base on Earth with all the warthogs in that military base. Okay. In okay. The, so yep. far, who's your favorite character? Uh, I'm not a big fan of the main chick, uh, okay. but I do think the black dude is pretty awesome. I'm excited. Cortana? To, no, not Cortana. That that white chick scientist. Oh. Uh, but I think that the military sergeant is, that a, is, is he the captain or is he the sergeant? Mm. Either way, I'm genuinely he's the... mad at what this going. <laughs> he's my favorite. I'm I'm very happy with this conversation. Uh, by the time this recording comes out, Moon Knight will come out on Wednesday, the thirtieth. I'm excited. Um, I'm very excited for that. Also, you should watch Ron's Gone Wrong. I just barely talked about it last week. Ron's Gone uh, Wrong. It's on, it's on Disney+. Plus. 
It's kind of like if your iPad was an egg that could follow you around every day at school, and it was how you talked to your friends and played your music and updated your social media, and you just sort of lived through your phone egg. Uh, so basically, they're just taking the idea of an iPad and turning it all the way to 10 and showing how bad it would be sort of for kids and for society and, uh, you know, make friends, guys. Don't rely on technology. It sounds turned to the max, bro. It is, Jahan. Well said. Check out Ron's Gone Wrong on Disney+. Plus. I liked it. Uh, so the only things that I've been watching lately that I haven't talked about, uh, obviously, you know, I've been watching Young Justice. I'm on season three. It's not better the second time around. <laughs> uh, it's not. I wanted to like it more. Um, I just think it's funny they have a character that like can't die, and so they just keep killing her. Like it's like, come on, like people don't. I don't know. Like I, I don't know. It's just ridiculous. But uh, I have been watching a lot of anime, or, or you know, trying to. I've caught up on Attack on Titan. Uh, this is the final half of the final season going on right now. Super excited to see how it ends. It's been bananas. Uh, I think my brother is almost caught up, and my mom is almost caught up. My mom's almost watched all four seasons of Attack on Titan as well. Uh, She's hooked. Um, I don't. It it is. It would be heresy to spoil Attack on Titan because it is kind of a really big deal right now. So I'm not going to do too much of a discussion. But man, the writing. Man, the writing. They clearly had direction the entire time. You know what I mean? It's one of those things that you can tell beginning to end, they knew. Like, everything. They they had it planned. Beautiful. Well done. Uh, It's so good so far. I can't wait to see. I once heard the advice that you shouldn't even make a TV show unless you know what your 100th episode special is going to be. It's fair. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's really good. Uh, and then I also, so I caught up on that, so obviously I need something else to watch. I've been, like, trying to find, like, another anime. I'm excited for season four of uh, Overlord. Uh, I really like that show. I like the ones where they're doing video game stuff. So on that note, I decided to check out uh, Is It Wrong to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon? Um, and so I really like that one as... Like, its lore is interesting. Like, it's it's a real fantasy world that operates kind of with video game rules, but they're not playing a video game. It is their real life. Um, you are a... You, you have to join a familia that's run by, like, a goddess, um, and then they can, like, level you up every day. When you get experience, they can, like, apply it to, like, a tattoo on your back. It's interesting. Uh, there is a lot of fan service, uh, and it does kind of get in the way of the story a little bit. But... It's fine, uh, and I need more anime. So if anyone has any suggestions, at me on oh, uh, at Rockfax. I'm, I'm glad you said something. You know, I told you I'd let you know. Not that you care, but um, <laughs> My Hero Academia season five is now out, uh, subbed and oh. dubbed, both. It's subbed and dubbed on Hulu, both. And it wasn't out previously. It wasn't dubbed before. It was subbed before. Okay, so I've seen it then. You have seen it. That's why I said. Oh, That's yeah, why I don't care. care. Yeah. No. Uh, well, I'm I'm excited to hear what you think. Uh, My Hero Academia is dope. Uh, they get a little too hard in the fan service as well, um, but it is still really cool. Um, I don't watch much anime, no. but if there's one that I were to jump into right now, I feel like it would be this one. My Hero Academia. Yeah. I mean, hey, man, it is a uh, a, a Japanese think- person's view of. 
American superheroes done in an anime. Uh, the creator is a big fan of Marvel and DC and all that American comic stuff, and this is what they did, and it's it's pretty interesting and cool. I think you should watch, and I think you would like the first three seasons. I'm not sure if you would just stay on board forever. Uh, it, it's kind of feels rehashed, like all the, the characters are almost becoming uh, parodies of themselves by season five. It feels like. But that's a long-term problem. You know, I didn't feel that way three seasons in. Uh, it's really good. And maybe uh, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's great. <laughs> but watch it. You should watch it. I got Thomas to try again. He said he tried watching it like three or four times. And finally he was like, okay, I'm going to watch it. You only have to get to like the third episode. I do I like it. I do like it a lot. It is one of my uh, one of my top picks. But I do have a lot of problems with it, that being said, as well. Uh, yeah, I do. But the thing I particularly like about it is that the main character, Midori, is learning to use his powers. And early in the first season, he's, like, breaking his own bones using his powers because he's too strong for his own good. Yeah. And that's, like, a continual really cool. problem is that he has so much power he can't use it. Which is a, it's a fun problem to have is you have to watch this kid learn to pull every single punch and every single kick to be a superhero uh, so you know whenever shit breaks out he can kill the bad guy but he might break his arm or die doing or explode it. yeah if he uses yeah, full power like, he would like melt uh it's kind of a cool it's power cool. uh it's a compelling story for sure and the characters are sort of sorted into hero level and support level and so sometimes if you're like well that's a dumb power like they couldn't be a hero they're probably a support hero so they have a reason <laughs> to be there too yeah um so it, it lends to massively superpowered people and silly powers existing in the same universe in a, in a fun, positive way. Yeah, I like that one too. Uh, yeah, I'm looking for some new, new anime action. I want to get back into the anime life. It's when I'm happiest is when I have an anime to watch. Um, but I mean, that's pretty much all I've been watching. The rest of what I have to talk about is mostly game related. Um, mm. I have been playing more Elden Ring. I would like to talk about it. Elden Ring has become this huge like phenomenon in in just the a global event. Like everyone's playing it. Uh, it has sold like seventeen. I don't know what. What you know the numbers, Drew? How many has it sold in America? Like like twelve or seventeen million or something. Like something ridiculous wow. number. Uh, it has. I a, don't have those numbers in front of me. It has. And I feel like uh, every day I get on and I have friends that are playing it on both my PlayStation and on Xbox. Yeah, it has like a ridiculous amount of concurrent players. It is an event. It is a it is a pop culture event. Like when Pokemon Go came out, man. It you definitely everyone knows somebody that has played it or is playing it, and it's a lot of fun. I fought in a lot more bosses. Uh, I got through some of the uh, the big bosses. Um, I gotta explore some new lands. That game's huge, man. Like, just when I uh, I think, I'm like, oh, man, I'm making a dent. Like, there's a whole new area. I just found that there's, like, an underground kingdom uh, that's just absolutely out of control. It's beautiful. It's fun. The boss battles are the best boss battles. Uh, I did... I did hear some players were upset because, I guess, a recent patch nerfed some characters or things that people were taking advantage of yeah i mean it happens you know they don't want uh because they do i think they have global rankings and things like that they don't want to be tan and there is pvp so uh that's the reason why they do the balances obviously there's no reason to really do game balance when you're playing a single player game <laughs> you know maybe fix something that's broken 
truly, but yeah, it's mostly because of the PvP and that kind of thing. Um, Elden Ring is great. I recommend it. It is better than any of the Souls games, I think. Uh, all the problems that I have with Souls games where you get like stuck somewhere are fixed by the fact this is an open world and you can go wherever you want. You know what I mean? If you get bored, you get stuck on a boss, you can just go somewhere else. Like It's not a big deal. Uh, and it just keeps it flowing. I love it. Here's a fun one, though. Uh, here's a fun game that I bought recently. Drew. It's a fun one. Uh, I bought Timberborn, finally. I talked about it a while ago. Whoa! Yeah. No! I talked about it a while ago. I bought it. It was on sale. Uh, it's in early access. Uh, and my little beaver colony is thriving. Uh, we just recently had a successful uh, crop of carrots come in uh, and started planting potatoes. That'll get us through those dry seasons. Uh, <laughs> I heard my little beaver colony is what you call your mound of STD-infested pubic hair. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's the nickname for my fupa, yeah. Mm-hmm. Y'all are so gross. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, you said we had to limit the use of the F word. You didn't say anything about people's STD-infested pubic hair. It's true, it's true. You gotta, you gotta give us, uh, I, I want a list, Drew, because if I can't talk about my pubic hair... I don't know what I'll talk about, but yeah. So See, this is the problem because if I even try to say anything, then it just makes you guys talk about it more. I can't. Maybe. I just can't wait. Imagine how our wives and girlfriend deal with this. Uh, uh they think it's funny, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that's uh, a lot of the games I've been playing. Uh, I there's a couple that I want to buy that I haven't because Elden Ring's been eating up my time. Um, like <laughs> Ant Colony Simulator. Uh, but I will talk about that now. Uh, so the rest of what I have to talk about is a little board game related. Uh, recently they announced that Villainous, uh, as I've talked about, Gary, you've played uh, and enjoy. They have Marvel Villainous, where you get to play as Marvel Villains. They have Disney Villainous. Now they're coming out with Star Wars Villainous. Uh, uh, and the starting lineup looks good with Darth Vader and Kylo Ren. Uh, coming in the first box. Uh, I'm excited for this one, like, big time. A lot of people are. Villains is a great franchise. uh, Who are some of the obscure villains that you would like to pull into that from the Star Wars universe? Uh, Maybe not even necessarily obscure. Who are just some villains you'd like to see? I mean, I definitely want to see uh, Darth Maul. Mm -hmm. Uh, I definitely want to see... uh, I would like to see some of the newer characters, maybe from, like, the Mandalorian... uh, like the Wookiee, uh, what's his name? Chrysanthemum. Uh, Chrysanthemum. Yeah, I like to see Chrysanthemum. That'd be cool. Uh, I don't know if it's even right to call him a villain. Boba Fett would be a good one. Um, <laughs> Jabba would be interesting. I don't think he's in the first set, uh, but it is all about the villains. I think Jabba would be great. Jabba would be a good one. He uh, could control a bunch of minions and could shoot a bunch of bounty hunters after you. That'd be good. He'd have like uh, the Rancor pit. It'd be cool. Uh, yeah, that'd be fun. But no, this one, obviously, I mean, these are, they always build on them. They always talk about more. Uh, and today, yeah, yeah today. Well, I had to ask, what are the characters you want to see? Because they always build on <laughs> They always build on I, actually, one of my, one of my favorite pastimes, like, at home is speculating on future villainous characters, whether it be from Marvel, uh, now Star Wars or Disney. Um, but yeah, and then the other, so, you know, I decided to try and put some more board game stuff in here. Uh, because I do a lot of board games, and Teen Victory, uh, is a place out in the Houston Heights, uh, 
uh, where you can, it's a board game cafe. We went there today because they had like a garage sale going on. We got there uh, after the first hour. Apparently all the good stuff was gone in the first 20 minutes. Kind of bumped, but I, you know, should have gotten there sooner. Uh, but we did play Calico. Uh, which is a quilt-making game uh, where cats come and snuggle you. Uh, it's a big one. It's one of the ones that, you know, people are like, you should play Calico. Check it out. Like, people won't shut up about it. Uh, so, you know, Jenny really wanted to play it. And so, I, you know, obviously I went and got it, and we sat down. It was a lot of fun. It was a good time. Did you say it's a quilt-building game? Yeah, where you're putting down you? quilt uh, tiles. Uh, and if you put down, like, certain restrictions of patterns, like, uh, some of the cats are like, if you get four of this pattern in a row, the cat will come sit on it, you know? <laughs> like, I love that. Yeah. I love a game where kittens come Dude, sit on it. Dude, it's actually super chill. It's a super chill yeah, game. Great. It's a good time. Uh, and it's, it's a great family game. Uh, I'd play it again for sure. I might even buy it. It's a good one. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, this week I just, I had a lot of family in town this week. Uh, well, I guess of the time of the release of this, um, yeah, it was last week. But yeah, they recently just left. We've been hanging out. We've been doing a lot of cool stuff, uh, and they just left did today. You guys, did you guys end up watching the uh, any of the Halo uh, show? <laughs> no, unfortunately, we were unable to for Damn. reasons. What a shame. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's all I've been up to. You. Uh... I had forgot to put it on my list, but just while we were talking about games, I actually platinumed and finished Horizon Forbidden West wow. on PS5. That's so amazing. I, uh, I played a lot of it in a lot of my spare time. I put about 60 hours into it. Um, I platinumed it, but my overall completion rate, because there's so much to do in that game, is about 75%. Um, so there's more I could do, but I f I'm I'm happy to be done with it. Like I really really enjoyed it, but I feel like I don't need to go do all these extra side quests. Um, I'm done. I'm maxed leveled. You know, I'm good. Uh, I really enjoyed my time with that game. If you like open world uh, games where you fight large robots, this is the one for you. It's it's pretty fun. That game's core mechanics to me felt so similar to like Far Cry mm -hmm. that I don't know how you could go 100% Far Cry 6 and then turn around and get all the trophies for this. I don't know how you have the patience to do that. I just recently started playing Far Cry 5 and I still like I'm suffering from a little bit of Far Cry fatigue from Far Cry 6. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there you say that, but you just like gold carded every card in Monster Train, right? <laughs> Don't talk to me about that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did, actually. Yeah, yeah. I'm really proud of it. Yeah. The checkmark system between those two games are very similar in the sense of, you know, go here and do this and uncover more of the map. And that mm -hmm. uncovers these different areas you can go to and, and things. But the, the gameplay is different enough, you know, with Far Cry being a first-person shooter, and you rely on that, and you're a lot more on your weapons, and I feel like Horizon, as a third-person game, it's a lot more on your tactics. You're a lot more sneaking around, figuring out how you're gonna, you know, take out this group of, 
of machines and it's very you know the story is very heavy i don't know it's it's very it's very good and it's very polished um i really i really enjoyed it i actually do want to play uh one of the horizon games i hear good things um i know this isn't the traditional thing that we usually talk about but um as far as things that we keep watching, uh, there's one YouTuber who I follow uh, and video game <laughs> news. I'm still watching everything that Video Game Donkey puts out. And Donkey, of course, covers a lot of the major titles. So uh, if you guys are looking for a laugh, of course, Donkey will talk about Arceus. Donkey talks about Far Cry, or not Far Cry, but uh, Forbidden West. Uh, and usually Donkey will make everything look like a piece of shit unless it's a Nintendo game. So just sign yourself up for that. Uh, it's a comedy gaming channel, and I love it. You guys, maybe you want to watch Video Game Donkey if you just uh, want to see somebody shit on every game that you like. Yeah, I like his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think that's it for us this week, huh? That's it for me. Man, I don't want to go. Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, well, I... Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, it's always fun doing these. Um, yeah, I've been Johananon. I'm at RockFact on Twitter, at Johananon1 on TikTok. The worst part about the podcast is saying goodbye. Goodbye from Casualty CDG. And if you wish to see more of me and Jahan playing tabletop role-playing games, check into twitch.tv backslash Jahananon every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday from 8 p.m. until 11 p.m. Central Standard Time. We also have a YouTube and a Facebook. It's fresh out the box. And I'm Drew Munhausen. You can find me at Drew Munhausen on Twitter. Thank you for listening to episode 38 of Fresh Out the Podcast. Uh, and hit us with the hashtag uh, Beaver Colony uh, on Twitter. Uh, you guys have yourself a great night.